0: I'm Lindsay Berra and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part two of our conversation with Rob Carney, the first openly gay World's Strongest Man competitor and the official Strongman 2020 pound for pound World's Strongest Man. Though he was sidelined in 2020 with the torn triceps and 2021 after overcoming testicular cancer, Carney has made a full recovery. In March 2022, he logged a top 5 finish at the Arnold Classic, where he completed a 961-pound back squat and 421-pound overhead log lift, an event in which he once held the American record. Carney's strongman accomplishments are particularly impressive because at 5'10 and 285 pounds, he is nearly a foot shorter and 100 pounds lighter than most of his competitors. Carney consumes 5,000 calories and 350 grams of protein per day and says his favorite in competition energy snack is watermelon Sour Patch Kids. His children's book, Strong, will be released on May 10th. Look for his trademark rainbow mohawk on the cover. And from May 24th through May 29th, he'll be competing in the 2022 World's Strongest Man competition in Sacramento. <laughs> so funny. So, um, I was I was reading a little bit about more about the strongman competitions just in the past couple of days because I knew I was going to be talking to you and I was kind of checking out what some of these surprise events have been in the past. How do you train for those crazy unknown events or even just mentally prepare for them? You know, there's been some contests where we show up and
1: we don't know one of the events until until we're there, you know? (laughs) And so in those moments, I kind of had this realization that we're all in the same boat. This event's probably going to favor some guys. It's going to not favor others, but we all have to do it. We're all in the same situation. And for me, I mean, I'm kind of a nerd. Like I'm a fan of the sport of strongman to begin with. So my first thought is, Oh, this is really cool. And then (laughs) it's, Oh shit. I have to do it as well. Um, (laughs) You know? So, you know, for me, I just, I, I just really love what I get to do. And I, I just try to live in that space as much as possible. And in terms of prepping for for a contest like that, you know, you really just have to be ready for whatever they throw at you. You know, I think the famous words in strongman on every single contest is, you know, events and weights are subject to change. <laughs> see that every single time. So we all know in the back of our minds, anything could change at any moment, and we just have to be prepared for whatever they're going to throw at us. You know, luckily, all of us that are at this level have been doing the sport for a long enough time that. No event they're going to throw at us is going to be completely new. Um, You know, we've all done virtually every single one of these events that we've ever seen in the sport, unless they decide to make something brand new and that rarely ever happens. So we all know that, okay, we're all strong. Let's see what they throw at us and let's just get ready to put on the best show possible.
0: What's the hardest and or craziest surprise event you've had to go through?
1: So I competed in Bahrain in February of 2021 and there was a mystery event and we didn't know until the day we got to the competition site and it ended up what they did, what they called a flag hoist. So it was literally a crane with a rope attached to it. On one end was a stack of weights and then you had to pull the rope to raise the weights up into the air, uh, about 20 feet and then lower it under control and repeat that for as many reps as possible in a minute. Oh, wow. And I can say that is the one time not a single person at the competition had guessed what the mystery event was going to (laughs) be, because that was one we had never seen ever before. Um, So I think that's probably like one of the craziest things, because to walk up to a competition venue and then just see two cranes pitched in the middle of the competition floor was uh, it was a sight for sure.
0: How did that feel on your forearms?
1: Absolutely terrible.
0: (laughs) It was just a regular. it, It was a rope.
1: Yeah. It was a two inch thick rope. I mean, getting, you know, like those rope splinters throughout the entire thing and honestly trying to control it, um, you know, down. So it didn't just fall 20 feet. That was probably the hardest part. Wow.
0: Um, how important are mobility and flexibility in strongman training and, and, and what do you do for them?
1: If you're asking me, my husband and I have two very different answers for this. Okay, well I won't both. He, <laughs> he tells me all the time that I should be doing mobility and stretching and warming up. My philosophy is a short uh, a short tight muscle is a strong muscle. Um which probably isn't the best one to live by, but you know, I think um for me I live in what I call a functional range of motion for my sport, right? So every movement I do, I know I can do safely. Um, without without an increased risk of injury, besides the amount of weight that we're doing it on. And I think that's important um, because I think there is a fine line. Do I think I could be more mobile? Absolutely. Um, but do I think too much mobility is a bad thing in this sport? Yes. I think you know, having the mobility of a gymnast in the sport of strongman would actually increase the risk of injury based yeah. on the amount of weight we're doing and the movements we are doing. Um But yeah, that's, that is a constant nagging I have in the back of my head for my husband all the time of, uh, you know, that I should be, should be better about my mobility workouts. (laughs)
0: But you are also, even just as a, you know, power lifters have to hit and crossfitters, you have to hit certain positions that require a pretty significant amount of mobility compared to like the general population. So you might be saying you're, you know, you're not as mobile as you should be, but you're still doing an ass grass squat. You get probably great overhead extension. So you're still able to hit those positions. And that's, I guess what you mean by the functional mobility for your sport.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think I could really work outside of those ranges. Um, I think that would probably just cause pain and possible injury, but you know, any movement in my sport, I know I can do it without an issue.
0: Yeah. Cause and, if, you know, an 800 pound or whatever, however much those finger fingers weigh, it's going to, that pole is going to force you down into a deep squat and you can handle and catch that weight in that low position exactly. and you're a-okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not doing a lot of mobility uh, work, what do you do for recovery?
1: Um, I'm a big sauna guy. Uh, You know, so I, Joey and I, we we bought a sauna for our house that I use virtually every single day. Um, And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of manual therapy, being an athletic trainer. I think my hands are my best tools. Um, Fortunately, my husband's also an occupational therapist. So in terms of, you know, getting body work done and, you know, whether it's using a massage gun or, you know, I have the, the compression boots or doing Graston and, and manual therapy on yeah, myself. Brastin. Those are all things I use on a regular basis. You know, I'm also fortunate that with my my background and my knowledge of sports medicine, knowing how to train properly and knowing what is, you know, what hurts versus what is an injury. Uh, is it's a really fine line, but, uh, you know, with, uh, with my education, I've been able to, to tow that line pretty great without, you know, so training into what hurts, you know, granted there, there's not a single day. I don't hurt. I always hurt. Right. But knowing the difference between being hurt and being injured has been really, uh, really paramount in my career.
0: You guys got an infrared sauna for the house or a regular sauna?
1: Uh, infrared. Yeah.
0: How much time do you spend in there?
1: uh, anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes at 140 yeah. degrees.
0: Yeah. I really enjoy the infrared sauna. We have, I don't have one in the house. I'm trying to convince my boyfriend we can put one in the basement, but we have a place down the street and whenever I can get over there. Also, my favorite thing about the infrared sauna is you're not supposed to bring your phone in. So it's like, yeah, connect <laughs> yeah. this,
1: this one. We have it so it, you can connect it to Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, so it has a little speaker you kind of put on a playlist and zone out and, It's, it's such a different feeling than a regular sauna Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're sitting there like, oh, it's kind of warm. And then within five minutes, it's like, you just jumped in a pool because you're just pouring sweat. And, um, you know, for me, it's just like this ultimate body relaxation. And I always feel so rejuvenated. And then I always sleep amazingly every single time, you know, every single night.
0: That's really cool. I think it's a really cool modality that folks should get out and check it out, you know, absolutely. Um, So you mentioned you had the torn um, tricep when you were trying to, to break your, your record there. And you also recently had a a battle with testicular cancer. So I'm just wondering how those obstacles, which are both pretty significant and in different ways, obviously, how did, how does overcoming those make you a stronger, strong man?
1: You know, it's uh, you know, 2020 and 2021 were certainly roller coasters. It was um, I was, about three to four weeks out from world's strongest man in 2020, when I was attempting this log press record and ruptured my tricep. And so I had to miss the competition that year, which was really, really unfortunate because I was feeling so strong and so great for that contest coming off of a really strong 2019. I was excited to see what was going to happen in 2020. So got the tricep fixed up, was feeling great. Um, and then it was three to four weeks out from world's strongest man in 2021, when I was actually getting my, my physical done for the competition that year. And a couple days prior for the appointment, um, I was having some testicular pain and honestly was chalking it up to my workouts that I was doing. Yeah. Um, not thinking it was too abnormal, but, you know, as it is progressed, realized it wasn't going away. It was getting a little bit more severe. So I brought it up with my doctor and that's where we did find, um, that I did have testicular cancer. So very fast process. It was within two to three weeks, I was having surgery to remove the testicle and get it tested and, and get everything squared away. Um, You know, so missing world's strongest man two years in a row was tough and was kind of at this breaking point of, you know, do I, you know, what does this mean for my career? You know, at the time I was only 29, but going through these two things back to back was really, really tough mentally. And, once I was able to get back into the gym and get back training, I was kind of able to find my why again and why I keep doing this and what keeps drawing me back year after year. And it was certainly tough because each time I, I pretty much had to start from zero, you know, between the tricep and re- the literally building back up my strength, um, in my left arm, that was really tough mentally because here I am being one of the best in the world at this movement. And now I can barely lift my arm over my head you know, That's so crazy. trying to reframe my thinking there. And then also with the, with cancer, you know, I had to, I had to not work out for six weeks after that surgery. Um, and, you know, I walking was the only exercise I could get. And that was really tough too, because here I am 13 years into my strongman career of training so hard day in and day out, you know, and really ne- try not to miss a training session. And now just being, you know, so strapped for what I could do, it did make things tough, but I also realized that, you know, every obstacle is just an obstacle and, and there's always something to overcome. And, you know, the, the exciting part is, you know, I was able to, you know, come back and compete and have a great performance at the rogue Invitational at the end of 2021. And then an even better performance at the, uh, the Arnold strongman classic here in this past March and which has led into a great okay. prep for world's strongest man. So, you know, I think it's just, uh, I look at it as just a part of my story yeah. and have just kind of taken it in stride and, and looked at it as you know, no obstacle is too impossible to overcome.
0: How much weight did you lose in the six weeks of walking? Uh, I think I
1: lost about like 25 or 30 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Did it come I, right
0: back when you started to work it out?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Once I got back on my nutrition plan and, you know, was able to start lifting again within, within about like eight weeks, I was back to where I used to be. Wow.
0: So at 5'10", 285, working out as much as you are, what does a day of eating look like for you? Uh,
1: so calorie-wise in contest prep, usually it's around 5,000 calories a day, um, which, you know, is funny because it's not as much as most of the big guys do, right? You know, I, I think a lot of people are always surprised when they hear that number because they expect it to be so much bigger, but then they forget I'm, I'm actually the smallest competitor that goes to world's strongest man. Yes. so for me, that's, it's a really comfortable spot that keeps me satiated. It keeps me getting stronger and I don't have to worry about, um, about losing weight and it gets me fueled through my workouts. So food choice wise, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm a meat and potatoes, you know, kind of through and through. So whether it's chicken or beef, uh, you know, rice and potatoes and some kind of veggie, that's my staple. um, and then the nice thing is, you know, with strongman, I usually get one to two cheat meals a week, you know, where I get to kind of go out and just increase those calories to recover and get ready for whatever my big training session is that week. What are your cheat meals? I'm I'm a burger and fries kind of guy, you know, so if I can have a, a greasy burger, a lot of French fries and, you know, maybe a chocolate shake on the side too. Uh, that, that's usually my go-to.
0: I feel like if you're going to do the burger and fries, you're going to have to do a milkshake. It's just like- it just- Law, you it know. Makes sense. You know? It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what um so you, you said lately you've been working out a little bit more often in the morning. What is a, a pre-workout breakfast look like for you?
1: Um so typically for me in the morning I wake up and go anywhere between six and eight eggs and then um usually about two to three cups of potatoes. So that's usually my go to breakfast meal, and then also a protein shake on the side. Um so pretty calorie heavy, but you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I'm usually up anywhere between five thirty and 6 AM have my first meal by six 30. And then I'm at the gym by eight. It's usually just enough time to digest it just enough, but give me the fuel to get through my workout.
0: And then what about post-workout?
1: Um, I usually get right back into my normal, my normal training, my, my normal meals, you know, so each meal is anywhere between eight and 10 ounces of meat. Um, and then anywhere between one to three cups of carbs, depending on what my training is that day. And then um, mix in some green stuff just to seem healthy.
0: An occasional vegetable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can fit it in. <laughs> so
0: did I read that you, that's around 350 grams of protein a day for you? About that, yeah. So how many how many meals worth of eight to 10 ounces of, of meat? It's
1: usually five, five to six, yeah.
0: Jesus. I, as someone who struggles to get like 75 to hundred grams of protein, I am so fascinated with people who can consume that much meat with no problem. It, it literally fascinates me.
1: Eating is a chore, at this <laughs> point, you know, but it's, it's all worth it in the end.
0: Do you have, um, like, so how does your eating, so your 5,000, um, uh, calories now on your regular thing, if you're ramping up for a competition or try to put on some weight, how does that change? So that's, so that, that is like my ramp up. Oh, it is. Okay.
1: Um, you no know, Calorie. Right. So that's where I'm at. Like, you know, we're about three weeks out from world's strongest man right now. So we're like full swing contest prep, you know, trying to go hard right now off season. Um, usually drop it about a thousand calories. So it's around 4,000 and that's a comfortable mark where I'll lose a little bit of weight, um, and just focus on general health while still maintaining a, you know, my base level of strength that I need.
0: Is that an easier eating schedule for you?
1: Yes. Mainly, I mean, I try to keep the meals as consistent as I am in contest prep. They're just a little bit smaller, which makes it a lot easier. Gotcha.
0: So these strongman competitions, it's often, you know, many events in one day, long days. How do you fuel in between events if you can't sit there and like grill a steak? So that's the
1: best time because junk food is your best friend. <laughs> um, my my nutrition coach is a really big fan of Rice Krispie treats. Really? Yeah. Um, I personally love watermelon sour patch oh or, or peanut butter and jelly. Uh, those are kind of the three go-tos and then a quick carb drink. So like a Gatorade or a Powerade, something like that. Um, cause in contest, we're looking for that quick spike of energy, those quick carbs, um, nothing too, you know, long acting that's, you know, the nighttime recovery is where, you know, I'll have a steak. Um, and potatoes and stuff like that after the contest is done, but during a contest, it's it's really just sugary sweet foods to keep your energy levels high throughout the contest without letting them drop too much.
0: And you do this between each event of the day. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. Get really sick of Rice Krispies, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are there are there ever are there healthy snacks in the bag? I mean, because like an apple is quick sugar too. Not usually.
1: Usually, it's just. You know- <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness.
1: That's part of strong, man.
0: Do you use any supplements? Are there any, any supplements you can't live without?
1: Um, so I have like my, my general like health supplements. So like vitamin B, uh, vitamin D three, uh, collagen, omega threes. Those are kind of my go-tos in terms of like, I'm not a huge protein shake guy. Like if I have to do one with breakfast, I will on those training days, um, and then sometimes pre-workout, depending on, on how I'm feeling going into my training session. But in terms of supplements, I try to stay away from as much as possible, just cause I like food.
0: <laughs> I, I, I like food too. And this is, this podcast is food of the gods. So, you know, every, and we talk a bunch about, about how much people like, like food, um, So you have a new kids' book coming out very soon. It's called Strong. Can you tell us a little bit about the process with that, and and what got you uh, motivated to do that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's so freaking it's it's just cool. I'm I'm really excited for this. Um, So a few years ago, there was an author that reached out to me after seeing that I broke the American Log Press record, and he realized this should be a bigger story than it is, and had this idea to come together and do it do this children's book and it's just been such a fun process to figure out, you know, how do we want the story to go? Where do we, where do we want the beginning, middle and end to be? And what is the message we're really trying to get across? You know, obviously being an openly gay athlete, that was going to be a part of the story, but we didn't want it to be the whole story. And I think that's, what's really special about this book, because at the end of it, really the story that we're trying to get across is once you accept yourself for who you are, um, nothing becomes impossible. And I think uh, throughout the story and throughout the story writing process of going through the different manuscripts and how we wanted the story to come together, it's just been a really fun process. And, and to finally have you know, a children's book come out and hold it in my hands, uh, I think it's, it's one of the highlights of my career and one of the coolest things I've done.
0: I think it's also so cool to like be able to talk to kids about what being strong means because you don't have to be able to do a world record log press to be a strong person.
1: No. And I think that's another cool thing. You know, I mean, it's obviously physical strength is one thing. Um, but I actually have a, have a tattoo on my inner arm that says inner strength. And, you know, to me, um, without inner strength, your, your outer strength is impossible. And I think that's, that's something really cool that this message comes across as well.
0: That's neat. So Certified athletic trainer in a high school right now, what kind of advice do you give your youth? I mean, I guess there's still youth athletes in high school. What advice do you give the kids you work with about strength and fitness and nutrition that the kind of stuff that you've learned along the way that you pass along?
1: Um, You know, the biggest thing that I tell them is, especially in this, you know, this age of social media and everything being so accessible is they feel like they have to be at a certain level all the time, or they should be achieving certain things just because they see so-and-so doing it online. And what I try to tell them is I try to relate my story of you know adversity and coming through the ranks of strongman as much as possible and realize like you don't become a success overnight. You become a success by consistency, by tenacity, and having goals that are going to keep you motivated to get to your end goal. And you know, having that relatability is really cool to these kids. Um, You know, for them, I think it's pretty cool that they get to say that their athletic trainer is one of the strongest people in the world. And, you know, to be able to come to me for advice, whether it is, you know, strength training or nutrition or life or, you know, LGBTQ issues, you know, it's, it's nice to be that person that they come to, to sit down and talk with about whatever they have going on. And, the one thing I always try to do and I always try to tell them is just be true to themselves. And, you know, life really just gets easier. And that's, you know, something I struggled with. You know, Um, I didn't come out until I was 22 years old and was, you know, repressing and battling these feelings for a really, really long time. And I think, um, you know, once you're able to really accept yourself for who you are and, you know, it, it becomes easier for other people to accept you as well.
0: So do the kids watch you in all of your, uh, tournaments? Do you have like a little fan club at your high school?
1: Yeah, they are so they they're so great. So at the Arnold that just happened this past March, um, a lot of the seniors actually skipped their last class that they got permission to do so and uh, went to one of my colleagues' classrooms and they pulled up the live stream and watched oh, that so last fun. period. Um, you know, they, they'll they sometimes decorate my office when I come back from competitions. And it's it's really cool to have that support system.
0: It's so cool too, to know that like you're making an impact on them in that way that like you're like this real life, look what he did kind of example right there in front of them. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, kind of like, you know, having, having a role model that they know and th- that is relatable. Uh, I think it's really cool. He,
0: you mentioned, to the, you, you know, not having to be what you see on social media all the time. And we talk a lot on this podcast about the ridiculous strength things that you see on social media, like somebody doing a pistol on a kettlebell <laughs> or like just absurd stuff. Do you ever fall prey to that, oh, I can do that. Let me try that on 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 Instagram.
1: I think people people <laughs> try to get me to do that stuff, but I <laughs> I you know, I I am a realist and sometimes, you know, my adult brain kicks in. I'm like yeah, I could also probably get really hurt trying something like that. And I'd rather not go through that. So <laughs> um, you know, there's been some stuff that I do, like, you know, I'll press my husband up over my head with one arm um, <laughs> and do stuff like that for fun. But, you know, other than that, that's pretty much what we keep it to.
0: How much does he weigh?
1: I, uh, he's about 185.
0: Okay, so that's easy peasy. That's like oh, a warm yeah, up for the rest of your exactly. stuff. <laughs>
1: the dumbbell we had at my last contest was 275. So it was no problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> honey you're half the dumbbell come here so i can warm up okay that's great <laughs> um last question what color is your mohawk going to be for strongman
1: so for worlds we're going to bring back the rainbow right now we're, we're we just went back to the natural color oh natural um, yeah you know but uh but we are going to bring back the rainbow for for world's strongest man you know i brought i kind of debuted that uh, it was 2019. It was the first time I was competing at World Strongest Man when it was here in the U.S. And it was also in June during Pride Month. So I kind of wanted to come out and make a little bit more of a statement. And uh, once I did that once, it's kind of been my thing ever since then. So, so it's definitely going to be making a comeback for Worlds this year.
0: And I think that's great because if I'm not mistaken, the kids book will be out on May 10th. Yeah. And then Strongman is May 24th. So you, and on the cover of the kid's book, you have the rainbow Mohawk. So it'll be awesome for people to be able to see that and connect that to the kid's book, right? When it comes Yeah, out. it's, it's good really, marketing. It's,
1: it's not planned whatsoever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this has been so much fun, Rob. I wish you all the best. And I just, I, I can't wait to watch Strongman now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thanks so much to Rob Carney for joining us on Food of the Gods. Be sure to follow Rob on Instagram at at underscore strongest underscore gay. You can also follow the World's Strongest Man competition on Instagram at the World's Strongest Man and Twitter at at Strongest. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at foodofthegodspod or email us at foodofthegodspodcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant Podcast production.